Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, Dan, Matt, and Ryan, and we're coming at you with another episode of the show. Got a lot to talk about this week. We're going to have a, we've got to take a look at the, the return to the field from a star player in the startup and we're going to investigate the latest DLF ADP. That's always a fun conversation. We'll finish the show uh, by checking in with the rookie report, try to hit on some players that we don't always get to cover. But first, say hi to the guys. Ryan, how's it going this week, bud? Yeah, it's great. It's great. Another another good week. Um, it's good to get these guys back on the field. I know we're going to talk about the the big name, but we had a few players back on the field. Uh, we started the started Sunday with Jonathan Taylor. He's back to a full time role. Didn't have that huge game, but uh, good to see him back in. Uh, fully taking over that backfield and uh, yeah, good, good day overall. Yeah. Good day. Good week. Really. You know, these weeks where we, we have six teams on by and there's multiple injuries and there's backup quarterbacks, Matt, throughout the league playing, you don't expect a lot, but the football was pretty good. Uh, so far, at least we're recording before Sunday night football as always. Man, I don't know. I, I think you're, you guys are underselling a little bit. Today was maybe my favorite day, Sunday of the year. I mean, obviously you have the week one hype, but there were just so many good games today, so many close games. I think there was three or four games decided by a last-minute field goal. Yeah. Uh, it was just really exciting. We saw Josh Dobbs out there doing his thing. We I don't know if you guys saw, but one of his buddies from, I guess, NASA tweeted something and gave him the, the nickname the Pastronaut, which I just love. Yeah, that's so, cool. So uh, it, it was a really fun game. We had the, the – um, the Chargers and Detroit Lions, like that was an incredible, like, there were just so many good games today. So much fun. You know, I think though, if I can put a Debbie, be the Debbie Downer for a moment, the, the standalone not games, bring up Jordan Love. The standalone games were, <laughs> were brutal matchups, right? And we got oh yeah, Thursday night was awful. Thursday night, Carolina and Chicago, do either of them teams so have any wins? Indianapolis and New England over there in Germany. That's kind of a ho-hum uh, matchup, although you did mention Taylor. The game was brutal, though, 16 total points. Thursday night, just 29. And then Sunday night football, Jets, Raiders. Oh, brutal. That doesn't sound like much fun. And then, of course, you, you get uh, – get Monday night as well thrown in there. Um, just just not great matchups. The Bills should roll against Denver. Uh, so, but outside of that, like we said, returns to the field. Uh, that's where we're going to kick off the startup. The startup. Yeah, we're starting off with the electrifying Kyler Murray. And if you haven't seen him play in a year, as most of us have, or all of us have not, we were missing out, right? There were so many plays where he got out of trouble in the pocket, either made a play with his feet or uh, scrambled long enough to find a receiver down the field. He goes 19 for 32, 249 yards, had a, his touchdown pass taken away from him. I think Michael Wilson broke the plane. I can't believe they overturned that call, to be honest with yes, you. Um, did throw the one pick in a miscommunication, but had 33 rushing yards and a touchdown right now, quarterback 11 pending Sunday night and Monday night football. And to me, Ryan, watching a lot of that game, it felt like like vintage Kyler scrambling, making plays with his legs and getting out of trouble just routinely led the Cardinals to a win. They're no longer holding that number one pick in the draft. And I have a feeling this isn't going to be the only win Kyler gets the Cardinals this year. Yeah, I would just echo what what I feel like we saw from everyone on Twitter and, and everyone watching and covering this game. Kyler is back. It's obviously good news for him if you held him through that injury. Uh, even better news if you bought him during that injury because that, it just feels better to buy low and, and, and then to get a comeback like this. Um, we also got James Conner back in this game. Solid performance for him. Uh, but I mean, this is great news for Trey McBride. He's, you know, uh, Kyler spread the ball around more. Uh, Rondell Moore, Michael Wilson, as you said, should have had that touchdown. Uh, it, it's great news for the Cardinals. And this was one of those teams where, for the most part, we were ignoring them. Um, you know, Dobbs had some surprising play early in the season. And, uh, but, and, and Hollywood has been fine. But overall, this was a team we didn't really want much to do with. 
And now all of a sudden we like these pieces. So that's just how impactful uh, one player like Kyler Murray can be. It's, it's really amazing because we mentioned quarterback 11 pending Sunday and Monday night. He could have been the quarterback one in the week overall, right? He, he had the yeah. touchdown pass taken away. Uh, the one we mentioned there uh, to Michael, <clears throat> excuse me, Michael Wilson. He just missed. Rondale Moore for a deep touchdown, 30, 40 yep. yards off the fingertips. In fact, I think uh, uh, Hollywood Brown would say he should have caught that pass because it hit both of his hands. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, Clayton Toon came in for the one-yard touchdown run on the quarterback sneak, the tush push, whatever you want to call it. That that all could be Kyler Murray's points in a week, two weeks, four weeks, starting off next season, whatever it will be. There is just an untapped ceiling, and we've seen it, of course, in the past, Matt, with Kyler, but we got glimpses of it on Sunday against the Falcons. He could be a league-winning type of player if he was somebody that was stashed on your IR or stashed on a bench in a dynasty league. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were advocating buying this entire past offseason, all early season. I bought two copies for um, two copies. I'm playing too many multi-copy leagues. I bought two, uh, two shares for, for two late first, basically in two separate leagues. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if you can still do that. If somebody's looking to sell for some reason after this week as positive news, and you can still get them for like two mid to late first, I would definitely advocate for that in a super flex format. Um, the, the scrambling is back. He looks so good as a runner that gives you confidence in that. And that, uh, that was an AC, that ACL injury. Yeah. Um, so like, it just like it, it, he's, he looks good. Now the, the connection between him and Hollywood wasn't there. And I think he was a very intriguing buy. I think still is, even though he only got four targets, one catch today. Um, obviously the, the top target of that offense, although maybe Trey McBride has something to say about that now. Um, but, uh, he's, he's somebody that I would look to be adding here down the stretch as well, if you can get him for a reasonable price. So this whole offense all of a sudden, uh, looks really good with Kyler back. So Kyler's back and that coincides with James Conn getting back on the field off of dynasty IRs as well. And suddenly an RB2, 16 carries, 73 yards. He wasn't effective or he wasn't even used really in the passing game as a pass catcher. But you can tell that offense runs just a little bit different when it's Connor instead of Keontae Ingram or Tony Jones Jr. who got on the field a little bit as well on Sunday. You mentioned um, Trey McBride, Matt, there. Uh, Nine targets, eight catches for 131 yards, almost got free for a touchdown as well. The one interception that Kyler threw was intended for McBride, and it looked like those two were not on the same page. That was the only play that 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 was a problem because McBride was open down the seam regularly and uh, regularly a dump-off option as well. I don't think we need to worry about Ertz's return down the stretch. He might get on the field, but he's going to take the two catches for 13 away from Jeff Swaim rather than the eight for 131 from Trey McBride that we saw. If If you're out there shopping right now, maybe you have Kyler, Ryan. I mean, is two firsts enough to go get Kyler at this point? Is Are we going to see him in that top seven now again among quarterbacks when ADP comes out a month from now? I don't know. It's it's tough to get up into that group. We've, you know, we've talked so much about that, uh, that top tier of quarterbacks and guys like Anthony Richardson and, and CJ Stroud kind of knocking on the door. And it, it, it's fun to think about because it feels like one of the themes of the season has been uh, either poor quarterback play or just the numerous injuries that we've seen at the quarterback position. And, uh, but, but right now we've got those top six guys and then the next year, Richardson, Tua, Stroud, Dak Prescott, and now Kyler Murray joining that group. So the the depth of the quarterback position is, is uh, suddenly growing, building, and, and it feels a lot better, especially in those super flex leagues where you're trying to roll out two good ones every week. We, you know, now we need we need Deshaun Watson to get back in, in that group. I don't know if he's going to do that, though. Yeah, he'd be the next name that needs to rejoin the the class, right, of of quarterbacks that we depend on every single week. Kyler was great despite not throwing an official touchdown. His ADP is sure to grow. I was like you, Matt. I've invested recently in Kyler Murray. I've never had a team where I managed Kyler on a roster, and I bought him about eight weeks ago early in the season, week one, week two, 
uh, bought in at a, what what I assumed would be a late first, might be mid to late. Uh, and then just last week, I bought in again, got a second share or copy, as you said, man, of uh, <laughs> Kyler. And it's exciting to see his potential upside because they do have those weapons, including Hollywood Brown and Michael Wilson on the perimeter, Rondale Moore in the slot, who went five for 43, and then Trey McBride, uh, who has emerged really over the last month. Let's uh, Let's move on. But I think all Kyler managers are pretty excited about the stretch of the 2023 season. You down with ADP? Yeah, you know me. Cash, stash, or future trash. Yeah, we're doubling up on topics, segments once again. We're going to examine the biggest midseason dynasty risers and fallers. We'll compare September ADP to brand new November ADP from DynastyLeagueFootball.com. If you don't have your subscription, go get one. Right now, this uh, this ADP is brand new. We'll go position by position, examine the risers first, and start under center. The the biggest changes, according to percentage change, this is not just generally spots, because if we did that, we eliminate the elite players. We start at the top with Jalen Hurts, who jumped from September to November from number three among quarterbacks to number one. Will Levis has moved from 28th among quarterbacks to 16th in November. Brock Purdy from 23 to 14. C.J. Stroud, no surprise, he's on this list from 16 all the way up to 10. And then Sam Howell, uh, the last QB2 in September at 24 at the position. He's uh, he's a high to mid QB2 now at QB16. So if you look at this list, Hurts, Levis, Purdy, Stroud, and Howell, there's one name that really stands out at this point, Ryan. It's probably Will Levis going from 28 to 16. That represents a 43% change. We we threw the cash stash or future trash segment into this. We're going to try to identify some guys that, that just don't belong, maybe future trash. Is, does Levis qualify here? Well, I mean, of the names we've mentioned, he's if we had to put a, a – a trash label on one of these guys. I think he would be the most obvious candidate. Um, although there's, you know, there's one other guy we could talk about. I would, I would label Will Levis a stash. I think um, what we've seen so far is intriguing. The, the downside here is we've seen three games now and it feels like he's getting worse each week uh, started, you know, a couple of weeks ago with that big game and uh, the, the touchdowns to nuke and, and all of that. And, um, subtle steps backwards in what was a, a pretty good matchup for quarterbacks uh, on Sunday against the Buccaneers. He did not, he did not perform well. So yeah, if, if one of these guys is trash, unfortunately it's my guy, Will Levis. I, I would, I would still put him in that stash category though. Yeah. Levis at quarterback 16. I think I mentioned Howell at 16 as well. He's actually at 17 among quarterbacks there that that group of quarterbacks in our ADP Matt right now is Brock Purdy at 14 Bryce Young at 15 who we could debate his value uh, maybe in a different segment Will Levis at 16 and then Howell at 17 if you're looking at that that stretch and and Purdy's probably a, a step above Howell for sure Howell seems like the more maybe the more safe uh, dynasty quarterback, especially in Superflex, when compared to the two rookies above him in ADP, Young and Levis. I'm assuming you mean safe in terms of like production. Yeah, because I don't know about to be know able about to put value on like me. Play right now, you you can't start yes, absolutely Levis or Bryce Young oh, no. at this point. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I can't remember the exact stats, and I certainly don't have it with this week included, but I think he had like the second or third most passing yards since, you know, earlier in the season sometimes. That's a really bad uh, thing, really bad quote there, but something like that. He's thrown thrown for a lot of passing yards. I mean, a lot of that is a product of their defense now, trading both of those uh, pass rushers. Uh, out of there, getting rid of Chase Young and uh, Montez Sweat, right? So that the pat there's it's it's like non-existent now. So you we've been expecting that any team playing them is gonna gonna force a lot of passing uh, attempts and yardage from Sam Howell, and he's spreading the ball all over the field. It, you know he's not really concentrating it on just Dotson and and uh, McLaurin like we like. Uh, with Diami Brown had a had a last uh, last drive, I believe, touchdown today. Second to last drive touchdown today. So he's really playing, you know, pretty well, at least from a fantasy standpoint. From a dynasty value standpoint, he's still a little bit 
I don't know. He doesn't feel safe. He just feels like somebody who's like, you know, we talk about sometimes about those running backs that are drafted very low or undrafted guys that play well, uh, always kind of looking over their shoulder. Uh, and it kind of feels the same with how like he's going to be this bridge kind of quarterback, but I just, I'm not sure they are fully committing to him uh, uh, as an organization at this point. But right now, yeah, I agree. He's the safest of, uh, out of, out of Levis and those other guys you mentioned, mentioned. Yeah, some of the numbers you might have been looking for there on on Sam Howell. He he leads all quarterbacks in completions, in attempts, in passing yards. Oh, uh, and he and he is uh, tied for fourth in passing touchdowns. So obviously, part of that uh, comes from just the volume in, in that passing attack. But that's that's not changing. Uh, I think from a dynasty standpoint, the only thing holding us back and the only thing keeping Hal at that quarterback 17 ADP rather than maybe a couple spots higher and certainly above Will Levis is is what you mentioned there Matt just the the uncertainty um are they committed to him is he going to be the starter even next year let alone a couple of years from now and he's had those two big games against Philadelphia right mixed in a couple of good games against uh against Atlanta and then uh, the New England game last week was good as well. Averaging, you know, in the high teens in fantasy points, a couple duds in there. The Buffalo game was a real bad one, uh, where in some leagues he didn't even score any any fantasy points. That, I guess, up and down nature of his scoring has dynasty. You know, anybody with him on their roster, especially in superflex, where you're maybe playing him as that uh, quarterback too, has dynasty players thinking. Uh, questioning whether he's he's a long-term asset. I tend to feel like he is. I feel like he's one of the 32 quarterbacks that will be starting next season. There's a lot of questions to be answered in Washington, though, far, as far as that coaching staff, uh, not, not to mention the quarterback itself. So we'll see what happens with that. Let's move to the running back position, cover the top five risers over there. It starts with Devon Achan. Uh, from 34 to 8 at the position. Then Travis Etienne from 12 to 4 uh, represents a 67% increase. HN was 76. Kyron Williams from 77 at RB77 up to RB26, a 66% change. Alvin Kamara from 30 to 13. So the elder statesman of this group is Kamara, 57% change. And then Tajay Spears from 37 to 17. Matt, when you look at this group, is there a specific name that stands out to you as somebody either that doesn't belong or could even grow higher? Um, higher, I think, is easy for me. Achan, it's Achan. I have him at running back three behind, just behind Bijan and 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 Gibbs, and really he's kind of in the You'd same call him cash here, here with Gibbs then, right? for me. He's definitely cash. <laughs> the trash one, I mean, it, it seems pretty easy. It's it's Kyron, but like, you know, he was he was a running back one for a stretch this season, but now we have seen that they're, you know, obviously he's been out, but they've been, they've seen that Royce Freeman to some extent, that Daryl Henderson to some extent can take on some kind of role in that offense. So it it, it feels like it feels like we should not put him back into the same exact heavy volume role that we saw uh, early in the season that probably uh, you know, contributed to him going on IR, right? So he's the one who's a little bit questionable. I still like to have him on my team, but we're I think we're definitely a little bit less excited about him now than we were earlier this season. And then Spears, uh, you know, Spears, we just got to wait. We just got to wait. That's all we got to do with him. Yeah, it's a waiting game for him. Maybe maybe all the way until next year, most likely until next year before we see Ty J Spears really as a big part of that offense. Has the potential to make a big jump like maybe Devon A-Chain did. Travis Etienne on Sunday, Ryan, just nine carries for 35 yards against that 49ers tough front. Um, the, the Niners just dismantled Jacksonville 34-3. to Etienne was off the field for most of the second half, so only two catches for nine yards as well. We, we had a startup about Travis Etienne a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about him as a top five guy at the position. He's number four in ADP right now. There's probably not a lot more room to for him to go up, but he seems like the perfect example of a player that's a stash if we're going cash stash or trash here uh, because better days are ahead. Maybe there's a buying opportunity based off this horrible game, but it's probably doubtful. Yeah, I mean, I would have Travis Etienne in, in the cash category. He, yeah. he has been cash for his... 
uh, fantasy managers throughout this season, except maybe, maybe on Sunday, certainly a, a disappointing game. And really that's maybe part of a larger discussion about the struggles of Trevor Lawrence and, and uh, that Jacksonville offense in general. But as we said a couple of weeks ago, ETN has really been carrying that team. Uh, I, yeah. Th- the running back group, this is pretty easy when we're sorting them into categories. HN, ETN, Kamara, our cash, Spears is obviously the stash. And I don't know what to do with Kyron Williams. Matt, I know you mentioned some doubt there. I mean, yeah, Henderson and, and Freeman have been fine, but the Rams have also lost three out of four games. And I mean, they've got, you know, Stafford has, has been injured. They've got a lot going on there, but um, I don't think I've seen anything from any of his replacements that would keep Kyron Williams out of the lineup. I think he, he goes right back to being uh, the man in that backfield. And honestly, even though he might be the closest to trash on this list, he's the one I would be trying to buy right now because I think there might be a discount. Yeah, there may be a discount there. Kamara, you might be able to buy him at cheaper prices than the RB13 might indicate as well out there on the on the open market, just nine carries on Sunday against the Vikings for 42 yards, but caught all seven of his targets for 33. The guys around him uh, among running backs in ADP, the four guys above him, 28-year-old Austin Eckler, 26-year-old Saquon Barkley, 26-year-old Tony Pollard, and then 25-year-old Josh Jacobs. That that group of running backs from Eckler down to Kamara feels like they are pretty interchangeable um, wouldn't be surprising if they if they bounce around over the next month or two and then into the offseason, we'll see those most of those guys drop in ADP, of course, but lots of production to be had uh, with those veterans. Let's move on to wide receivers. Biggest risers there. Puka Nakua, no surprise, from wide receiver 72 to 14. Nico Collins goes from wide receiver 48 all the way up to a wide receiver two at 22 among the position. Josh Downs, big gain for him as well from wide receiver 59 to 28. Jordan Addison, the rookie, goes from wide receiver 21 to wide receiver 11. And then Tyreek Hill jumps from wide receiver 9 up to wide receiver 5. All of these guys, at least 44 percentage points in change in ADP. And if you look at this list, we have the young guys, of course, with Nakua, Downs, and Addison, the the third-year player, Nico Collins, and then the veteran, Tyreek Hill. What jumps off to you here, Ryan? Well, the, uh, again, Josh Downs feels like the obvious uh, stash if we're trying to sort them into those categories, but he's been so good. He's already a weekly fantasy starter. Uh, at least he has been in my lineups. Honestly, I think all of these guys are are cash right cash, now. They're yeah. all producing, and that's why they're all uh, that's why they're all gaining value. And you mentioned the four young guys uh, and then Tyreek in there. Of course, uh, if you're if you're going to move on from one, Tyreek Hill feels like the answer uh, because of his age. Uh, and, and, of course, that depends on what your team situation looks like. But, I mean, Tyreek Hill's wide receiver five, Jordan Addison wide receiver 11. That's the type of trade I would be trying to make right now if I had a team that was not a strong, strong title contender. If even if you're a middle of the pack team, if you, if you're yep. a fringe playoff team, that's a move you're making, and maybe you can get th- something thrown onto that. Uh, the name that probably stands out to a lot of managers, and maybe maybe you could say Puka does as well, is maybe Nico Collins. Um, been banged up the last couple of weeks, haven't been able to get on the field, and then Noah Brown kind of steps into his role and has these two big games. Brown seven for 172 on eight targets against the Bengals in that big win for Houston on Sunday. His name is the one that really stands out to me, Nico Collins, because the the Texans like to spread the ball out, right? They have Dalton Schultz in the middle of the field, and Tank Dell is your guy, Matt, and he's, he's becoming more and more consistent, six for 56 and a score on 14 targets on Sunday. With Dell there, with now Noah Brown emerging and, and Dalton Schultz uh, in that offense – could you see Nico Collins being one of these guys that you might want to sell if you get another big game out of him? Or are we, are you going to hold him and keep him in your lineup? 
I think I kind of want to hold him. And, and I think he, I, I think you're right to be concerned about the spreading it out. And, and really probably a lot of his value is coming from the fact that that CJ Stroud is just so good. And that's probably true for a lot of these wide receivers that like we wouldn't call any of them like, you know, kind of true alpha wide receiver one NFL wide receiver ones. Right. But that's okay. Cause he's attached to a good quarterback. Um, I mean, I don't, you're not going to, I don't think you're getting a first round pick for, for Nico Collins. Maybe you can pivot to a different position or something. Uh, but I mean, I don't, I don't want to like, let him go for a second. Uh, so I, I, I like, I like holding him unless you can really get a nice deal. I did want to go back to Tyreek Hill, right? Real, real sure. quick, because I went the opposite of you guys. I actually bought him on what I consider a strong contender. I'm second in points, but it's, I'm like, I'm like second or second or maybe even last in record in the league, but I'm second in points. It's been kind of one of those seasons. Um, but I flipped, uh, I did actually flip Puka and Will Levis for Tyreek Hill to add to type, make Tyreek Hill my wide receiver three, uh, on that team. Um, so I think there is still some meat you can get from Tyree kill if you're a strong contender and, and he, he does have a really tough playoff schedule coming up, but he's, he's kind of one of those players. I think that you kind of ignore that kind of stuff. Yeah. If you're, uh, if you're looking for production, Tyreek is the epitome of cash, right? He's going to get peppered yeah. with targets and high value ones down the field at that in a good offense. Let's get to the tight end position. Five players to cover here is risers. No surprise. Sam Laporte is on top of the list. From 11 all the way up to tight end one represents a 91% change. Huge jump for him. Trey McBride right behind him. 61% from 23 to tight end nine. Then Jake Ferguson is knocking on the door of tight end one status from 24 back in September up to tight end 14. Last two to talk about Kate Otten, 35 to 21 at the position. And Taysom Hill, tight end 31 back in September. Now tight end 19 and a guy that we are going to start every single week. There is some cash. There is certainly some stash here. If there's trash, it's maybe Kate Otten, but Ryan, we got a team that we managed together and we're we're kind of leaning on him. Short short of fantasy production on Sunday for the Buccaneers, but has has made some plays recently, and he's certainly a guy that some some managers have to click the box next to. Yeah, as you said, Otten would be the trash choice among these four. And I really do think, and, and several tight ends are like this. He's he's a matchup guy, right? You play him, yeah. you play him against the teams that uh can't defend the tight end, and uh, otherwise you try to leave him on your bench. Um, whereas some of these others, Laporta and, and McBride, are uh, probably a little more reliable. Um so yeah, Otten Otten is the trash, but I mean, McBride is the fun one to talk about. We already mentioned the name earlier in the show. He's tied yeah. in nine now, and he's he's going to gain more value. If, if we do this again next month, he might be in the same conversation as the tight end uh, five or six or something like that. Yeah, eight for 131 on Sunday uh, in the Cardinals victory. But that's not the first time we've talked about him here recently, right? That was, that was a big game. Last week, it was just five for 22, but... Uh, the week before, 14 targets, or excuse me, three for 22. The week before that against Baltimore, 10 catches on 14 targets for 95 yards and a touchdown. We have the spike weeks now already from Trey McBride, Matt. And that makes, it, like, he's impossible not to start. As I mentioned earlier, we're not really worried about Ertz anymore. The, the sleeper among this group might be Jake Ferguson, to be honest. It seems like he's a favorite when down at the goal line. Dak likes to look to these tight ends and, more often than not, it's Jake Ferguson. He caught a touchdown again this week in that blowout of the Giants. Jake Ferguson uh, just caught four balls for 26 yards, but when he finds Pater, he's going to finish as a tight end one, and that's what he's been Yeah, uh, he is someone who I've had a, I've had a bit of a blind spot on this season. Honestly, you know, it seemed like a mess going into the season with uh, with Pendershot and and then they drafted Schoon, Schoonmaker. Like it just seemed like that position was going to be a mess. But Ferguson has clearly emerged, and Dak is just Dak is playing out of his mind right now. He's yeah. putting on a show. Him, CD, him, and CD Lamb today, like just. Just like there, this this offense is in sync. The only the only disappointing part is the one we talked about last week with Tony Pollard. Uh, he can't get it together. Even Brandon Cooks was scoring today. So Jay Ferguson is a big part of that. He seems to be a reliable. Like if you have him on your roster, you're you're probably starting him in most weeks unless you have one of those elite options. Like if you if you don't have one of those top four or five guys, uh, then Ferguson is likely in your lineup. So he seems to be the most consistent out of this group. Taysom Hill a little bit fe- fe- uh, kind of faded a little bit today. 
Uh, we had the Derek Carr injury. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to be a long-term thing, but I imagine if Jameis is going to be in there, maybe T- Taysom Hill has a, you know, his role increases again a little bit. He was getting a lot of that run because Juwan Johnson was out uh, with injury. But since he's been back, uh, Taysom hasn't had quite the receiving role. He still has the rushing role and the gadgety kind of uh, boom kind of aspect to his game. And again, he's somebody, especially in a pinch, you're probably putting in your lineup. But I think you guys are right. Ferguson is the the consistent one from this group outside of the top two. Ferguson rolling on three straight games with a touchdown catch. That's inflating his fantasy production, but it's helping out fantasy managers uh, win their matchups. Let's move on to some fallers and start under center. Patrick Mahomes, man, 100% drop for him from quarterback one down to quarterback two. <laughs> Brutal season for Mahomes, clearly. Uh, the the serious names here, though, Daniel Jones from quarterback 15 all the way to quarterback 29. That injury and poor play has, uh, has led him to be in a QB3 in our ADP now. Then Deshaun Watson from 10 to 17. Justin Fields from quarterback eight down to quarterback 13. But that'll likely change as Fields gets back on the field. And then Josh Allen, another big change from quarterback two down to quarterback three. Conversation here really uh, revolves around Jones, Watson, and Fields. Ryan, who among these guys are you most concerned about? Well, this is where I feel like we can finally play the we can finally play the game, right? Stash cash <laughs> and future trash because uh, Daniel Jones is trash already. We know that he's yeah. not future trash; he's current trash. Uh, Justin Fields, I think, is cash. I'm uh, he's going to be back hopefully next week, and I'm ready to put him right back in my lineup. And that Deshaun team's playing Watson. better, right? That yep. There's, yep. there's signs of life with DJ Moore and with Komet uh, as pass catchers. That running game looks better. Uh, Fields could unlock even more of that. Absolutely, absolutely. And then and Watson, obviously, it's been pretty bad overall, uh, even in his entire time with the Browns and and since coming back from suspension, I'm still not ready to give up on him based on uh, the talent that we know he has and and what we saw. Uh, it's been years ago now, so. I would actually even he doesn't fit the normal type of stash, but I would call him a stash. Just hold and and hope he can bounce back. The one thing I would say about Daniel Jones for those of us that play in super flex leagues is he is going to be the giant starter a year from now in in 2024. He has to be right. He has a thirty five million dollar base salary, sixty nine million dollar dead cap number that. He, the Giants just can't get out of. He, they're married um, for at least one more year. So if you can buy, truly buy him in a super flex at quarterback 29 prices, which suggests you could potentially get him for a second round pick, that isn't the worst investment at this point because you will have a starting quarterback. And we're only really a year removed from him being a fringe quarterback one or at least putting those, up those kinds of numbers last season. Matt, what stands out to you? Uh, at, among these falling quarterbacks. Well, I'd rather send a second for uh, Josh Dobbs right now than I would Daniel Jones, to be honest with you. Like he's had one good half of football. I mean, maybe he, they give him some more weapons uh, this offseason. I mean, they have to, right? There's just there's just nothing around him outside of Saquon. Saquon's probably going to be gone next year. So what does that look like? Uh, like he need he needs some serious help and it and, and honestly Tyrod played better than him in a, in a limited role so if Dable is like worried about his job I mean does he really do the thing where we put the the high price starter on the bench and and play him um, I don't know but uh, otherwise from this group um, I don't know I think Watson I just don't know what to do with him he has a good game he has a bad game he's just so inconsistent he's not a player that I like to root for 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 other reasons anyway. Um, but you know, that, there's some bias there. Certainly the team is obviously good, you know, against the Ravens today, he put up some, some decent numbers that the team is obviously playing very well. Amari Cooper is playing well. Um, but out of those three, I mean, outside of, outside of Jones, like I, I would definitely still prefer, prefer fields to Watson at this point, we saw fields have a quarterback one overall game back in week five. So we know that's within his range of outcomes. He has scored uh, 28.9s the week before that in week four, and then, you know, some duds and some injuries uh, otherwise, but I think the ceiling is there. We've, we've seen him, him be a quarterback one overall and anyone with that and that, that in their range of outcomes, I think is, is somebody we should still be keeping uh, as in, in the cash category. So I guess, I don't know. I don't want to call Watson cash. I guess he's a stash i'd certainly rather have him than jones let's jump over to the running oh go ahead ryan 
sorry, I'm just thinking about Watson a little bit more because I do think he's he's a tough player to figure out how to handle. Um, he is down to quarterback um, 17, or maybe it's 18. I'm, I'm might have been off on on my date a little I'm bit 17. there. No. Uh, would you rather have Sam Howell, Matt? Would you trade Watson for Howell right now? Probably not, and but only because I'm more worried about Sal about Hal being uh, a starter in the future. You know, that's the, that's literally the only reason. And you wouldn't trade Watson for Levis. No, I wouldn't trade Watson for Levis. Okay, so he he fell below both of those guys in ADP, and and I I think I agree. Oh, there you go. With, I agree with you that I'd I'd rather have Watson than uh, than the other two. But you look at some of those names, and you can talk yourself into trading him for Jared Goff or Geno Smith. If you're on a win now team and, yeah, and yeah. need that production. Um, yeah. Just, but just he's still getting, he's manage. still getting, he's still getting like two first price round two first round, like pick prices and leagues that I've seen him actually moved in. Like he's still valued. And I think it's, I mean, I think it's the name maybe I'm not sure, but like if I can send two first, like we talked about earlier for Kyler at this point, even if one of them has to be early, I'd rather do that than someone like Watson. Let's jump over to the running back position. We removed Nick Chubb, J.K. Dobbins, and Cam Akers from this data. Picked the guys that are didn't suffer those significant injuries. There's going to be some trash here. Not at the top, though. Saquon Barkley fell in September from uh, running back four to now in November running back 10. That re- represents 150% change. Then Ramondre Stevenson from RB11 to 21. Dalvin Cook from RB39 all the way down to RB74. He's on waiver wires in some dynasty leagues. Rashad Penny from RB47 to RB88. And then Miles Sanders from RB24 to RB44. Gross. The trash here, it's Dalvin Cook and Rashad Penny. What about Miles Sanders, Ryan? Where does he fall to you? Because a guy that many dynasty managers were thinking, I could get some RB2 production, certainly going to get the workload. That's evaporated now with Chuba Hubbard taking over a lot of that backfield. Miles Sanders clearly isn't 100% healthy, but all the way down at RB44 with the contract that he got, ugh, doesn't feel good to click on his name in your lineup and really doesn't feel good to have him on your on your roster. No, you shouldn't be clicking on his name at all. Uh, I mean, he's he's trash as well, right? Like these, these running backs, I mean, the career – the career span is, is so short. The relevant career span is so short that once this kind of thing happens, once you lose your job to, to Chuba Hubbard, it's over. And I mean, could he bounce around and be a Royce Freeman type and, you know, be the Rams third stringer in in two or three years? Sure. Yeah. That's going to happen. Uh, Right. But as far as that, like you said, that RB two that we can start him every week and, and get between eight and 20 points. No, we're, we're past that. He's for these purposes, he's trash. And honestly, looking even at the top two names, Barkley and Stevenson, they're tough to categorize as well. They're, uh, they're certainly not cash that you're uh, you feel great about starting them every week. And I mean, a lot of that is due to their team situation or their offense in general. Uh, but those those are the realities that we have to factor in here. I don't know how to to categorize those players, but if I if I can sell Barkley or Stevenson at their current ADP as RB ten and RB twenty one, I would do that very quickly. Mm, I, see, I'm okay with Stevenson at RB twenty one. That that price doesn't seem to bother me all that much. He's twenty five years old, I believe, and when you when you look at the names around him in the in ADP. The three names above him, Zach Charbonnet, Derek Henry, and Isaiah Pacheco. And then below him is Rashad White, Najee Harris, and David Montgomery, who I would actually prefer, even though he's a year older. That that seems about right. That doesn't sound all that bad. And he's getting enough of a workload that I you don't feel bad having him as your flex. Even on, on Sunday morning, they played the game against the Colts over there uh, in Frankfurt, Germany. And... Although he he wasn't a huge part of the offense, he was a huge part of the offense. He did 20 carries for 88 yards and and caught a few passes as well, three for 14. That's pretty much his his role on that team. And it's messy over there in New England. We don't know who the quarterback is. We don't know who the coach is going to be next year. They don't have a real NFL pass catcher on the team outside of Ramondre. 
But that all points to a, a like safe floor, I would say, for Ramondre Stevenson for this year. And there's still he's still young enough that if things work out for him, I'd be all right with him a year from now. So at that price, I'm I'm kind of a hold on Ramondre Stevenson. I, I think I agree with you, Dan. I mean, it's just the frustrating thing with him is we know how good of a pass catcher he can be. And they, we thought it was good. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. I can't tell the difference between Bill O'Brien at this point and, and the offense with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. But at least those guys need to throw the ball 10 times to 10 times a game to Ramondre Stevenson because they have no talent in the wide receiver. And he's just not getting that this year. He did, he did get five targets this year, but you know they're not getting him in space as well. He did open the game with like three or four straight carries, I think. So they were getting him involved early and then they just ceded to, to Ezekiel Elliott. So I just, I don't really know what they're doing. I think he's clearly the best player on that offense and they're not, I don't really know if they're using him to his full extent. So uh, I think there is untapped, not maybe not untapped potential, but potential that has been recapped by this current coaching staff. Um, so I, I think I'm okay with, with holding on, on Stevenson too, but Barkley, I agree. I think Barkley is a sell. I just don't see the situation. Uh, getting any better certainly this year and then next year what are you hoping for that he goes to uh signs with a with another team in a much better situation that could certainly happen um but if you can get any kind of value now i I think it's worth taking yeah but who's buying him i mean barkley's probably on a middling team most likely because he hasn't been that great like if if you're a championship contender are you spending a first on saquon barkley Oh, gosh. You have to sell it as the volume, you, right? No yeah, way. Could you trade him? Could you trade him for Kamara? Hmm, I like that. Maybe that's interesting. Yeah, that's that could happen in some leagues, I guess. Uh, I just don't see a lot of people going and buying Barkley at this point. Um, let's move on to wide receivers. Kelvin Ridley fell from wide receiver nineteen to thirty-eight. That's a big change, hundred percent. Sky Moore forty-one at wide receiver in September, eighty-one now. So waiver wire fodder Garrett Wilson from wide receiver four to wide receiver seven. That'll probably rebound Jackson Smith and Jigba from uh wide receiver 11 down to 19. And then Christian Watson wide receiver 16 to wide receiver 27. There's some trash here. That's pretty easy. Who's the cash here, Matt? Um, the cash here is the two, uh, the two Ohio state wide receivers, right? Garris Wilson and JSN, he continues to be more involved. You know, there it's low fantasy numbers for the most part, unless he scores a touchdown, but the, the, the targets and receptions are, are both been up over the last few weeks. Garrett Wilson. I, I mean, honestly, I think he could have been a top five receiver this season. If, uh, if Aaron Rodgers was healthy and may, maybe we're going to get a couple of games here at the end of the season from Aaron Rodgers somehow um, that could bring him back uh, uh, production wise. So if you, if you're getting any kind of discount on Garrett Wilson or JSN right now, I think those are definitely the way to go. Christian Watson, uh, Dan, I don't, I don't, he's, it's just bad. He's not even the best wide receiver on that team. Yeah, I wouldn't, I would mostly agree. Garrett Wilson is the cash JSN. I would call him more stash, but definitely feel comfortable with him. Uh, Watson and Ridley are the tough ones to evaluate. Uh, but again, I would be selling at their current ADP. Can you can you buy Smith and Jigba for a lower draft pick than you drafted him at than he was drafted at right now in some links? And would he's you? still a first, but I bet you can get him for a late first. Yeah, I think maybe you can get him for a late first now. I, I would be trying. I'd be trying. That's yeah, that's what absolutely. stood out in that in that uh, list of players yep. to me. Let's do these tight ends quickly. Darren Waller from tight end 7 to 18. Kyle Pitts from 3 to 6. Juwan Johnson from tight end 15 to tight end 27. Pat Fryermuth, because of his injury most likely, from 9 to 16 at the position. And then Tyler Higby from 20 to 35. What do you what do you see here, Ryan? I think Pat Fryermuth is certainly the most interesting name here. Definitely has fallen because of that injury. And I think, uh, I think we probably should be trying to buy him right now uh, before he comes back. And I mean, we talk a, a lot about Kyle Pitts. We all kind of know the story there. Matt, what do you got to add? I, I got, I, I think I agree with Ryan by, by Pat Fryermuth. If there's a discount there, he's pretty much out of sight, out of mind. I mean, the offense is not, 
good. So, I mean, I think he's definitely the number three target in there, but you're going to look at for some touchdown equity with, with Fryermuth, And for some, somehow, some way the Steelers are six and three with this offense. It just, it boggles the mind a little bit. And then, you know, I don't have anything left to say, left to say about Pitts. He's there. He did have a, have a drop today. He should have caught that ball for a first down. Uh, I think it was late in the third quarter. Um, but you know, it's, it's still the situation with him. That running game in Pittsburgh's not too bad. Jalen Warren and Najee Harris Warren look good, good on Sunday. The Packers run defense make everybody look good, though. Word. It's time for the Rookie Report. Yeah, let's finish the show, fellas, with a Rookie Report. Try to cover some players that we haven't touched on recently. And we got to start, Matt, with Jameer Gibbs. 14 carries, 77 yards, and two rushing touchdowns. Uh, caught three for 35 as well. Had a big role, but uh, David Montgomery isn't going anywhere. Doesn't matter. Detroit loves to run the ball, and they love them some Jameer Gibbs, it appears. he He's doing it in so many different ways. In week eight, without Montgomery, he was the running back one overall. He did it with 152 rushing yards and uh, I think 20-something carries, right? Uh, obviously, a few catches thrown in there, too. This week, running back two overall. Uh, and he did it because he got two touchdowns. And I just want to highlight one drive that he had. Uh, I think it was at the beginning of the second quarter. He had four straight opportunities on that second touchdown that he had uh, on fourth and one. He had seven of nine opportunities on that drive, uh, except except for a 14-yard completion to to the sun God and a 13 yard completion to Jamison Williams. He had five rushes, nine yards and a touchdown on the ground, two targets and a reception for 24 yards in the air. So even if he's not getting that, that, that locked in workhorse kind of role, I just don't think it matters. They're showing that they want to highlight him on certain drives. Uh, and he can, we know he can pick up those, those, those chunk yards and the rushing efficiency there on that drive, five rushes for nine yards doesn't look good, but a lot of that was down underneath the, uh, uh underneath the 10 yard line. So some of the dirty work down there where he was getting two yards here, four yards there. Um, so I wouldn't really hold that against them, but I just think that they have shown a willingness to make him the engine of that offense, even with Dane Montgomery healthy. And, uh, you know, we, I, I think the one concern is that this was his, Montgomery's first week back, uh, and he did have that 75 yard touchdown run. So they may be increasing that workload uh, as we go on. He may and Gibbs may not get quite as many of those goal line touches like he did this week. But I just think he's shown he can be efficient, and uh, he's real good, you guys. Yeah, he's real good. There's no denying that. How about Keaton Mitchell? He's looked real good the last couple weeks after his nine for one thirty-eight against Seattle and the blowout a week ago, mostly in the second half. He scored in that game as well. He goes three carries for 34 yards, including that 39-yard touchdown. Uh, Also added a couple catches. So Keaton Mitchell, while he's not the quote-unquote starter, he certainly replaced Justice Hill, I would say, at this point. Hill only two touches on Sunday. Meanwhile, Gus Edwards uh, carried it 11 times, had a rushing touchdown. I think it was a one-yard plunge and caught one pass. Keaton Mitchell is a part of this offense right now, Ryan, and certainly somebody that dynasty managers need to be very aware of. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm pretty excited about Keaton Mitchell in this offense. I mean, he does, uh, he, he does things that those other backs don't do, you know, Gus Edwards and, and Justice Hill. I agree with you. He has, uh, he's replaced Hill, overtaken Hill, uh, in, in that pecking order. And, um, you know, I just, I mean, I, I still want to see more of him, obviously. I think dynasty managers are going to kind of um, write off what he did both of these games. You mentioned the blowout last week and then uh, limited touches in this one uh, ended with just four touches, but obviously turned that into uh, 60 plus yards and a score. So there's going to be some questions about his role in that offense, but um, we've talked so much about about the Ravens changes on offense this year and, and Todd Munkin and, and the effect he's had. Uh, this is, this is the kind of player that Todd Munkin can get the the most out of for sure. No, really? You got to buy, you got to buy him. You got to buy him right now. Like he is, he's the discount Devon a chain. That's what he, a chain. That's what he is. He's this, he's got the same speed, four, three, seven speed to a chance, four, three, two, almost the same exact size, five, nine, one eighty eight. Uh, I, the only thing counting against him is, is, a, is a kind of a goal line role with Gus Edwards there. Right. So I think, I think you've got to buy Keith Mitchell right now. Well, and maybe what are you buying draft for? capital? 
is what is holding him back as well. He was very out of sight, out of mind early in the season, had some injuries as well, and now burst onto the scene. The, Ryan's right. What do you, what are you paying for him? Because nobody's giving him up for a third. Two seconds, two seconds, no problem. I, I'm not. Two I don't want to pay a first yet. You, I don't think you have to, but I'll pay two seconds for RB forty eight, and obviously that's going to change in but our most that's coming up. recent that's ADP. Coming up. He's jumping where to? Is he is he overtaken like? Early th- Najee Harris and Rashad White. Um, I think he's in that RB2? like mid mid twenty twenties range, uh, like late RB two range. I bet I would I would predict for next month. That would put it. I in think the, he's right in the conversation range. with some of those. I think he's right in the conversation with some of those other rookies, like uh, like Roshan Johnson and Kendra Miller. That would and, be where I would post him. I mean, even Jaleel McLaughlin. Um, somewhat of a similar path and, and somewhat of a similar player, honestly, uh, after yeah. his, after his limited production, uh, a few weeks ago, he got a big value bump. He's RB 37 right now above James Conner and, and Raheem Mostert. And obviously that'll probably change. He's, he's kind of trending down. Javante's trending up. Uh, but that's, that's the range in, in the thirties that we could, uh, value Keaton Mitchell at right now. How about Demario Douglas, guys? Six catches, 84 yards over there in Frankfurt, but three straight games with at least seven targets, three straight games with at least five catches, playing the role of wide receiver one in a in a bad passing offense, right? But looks explosive. He had a he had a stretch, Ryan, in the preseason where we were we were getting some news out of New England that he was making a splash. It took a little while for him to get on the field, took some injuries. But with the ball in his hands, he makes plays and makes defenders miss in the open field. That's translated into fringe wide receiver two, certainly wide receiver three production of late and a guy that you certainly want on your team moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And and I do think he's a guy you can start in most situations moving forward. I think he's certainly the, the best option on that team for the rest of the season. Uh, I wonder what the future will look like. As as Matt said earlier, so many questions about that team. It's hard to it's hard to look at Douglas as a guy we can count on long term. And even with some nice production lately, it doesn't seem like his trade value has has changed much. Um, you know, the, I think the most you could probably get if you're trying to capitalize and sell is is a second rounder. And at that point, it, it's kind of like why bother. Yeah, especially if you're if you're even a fringe playoff team, he might be able to help you enough down the stretch, score you the ten to fifteen points every week uh, in your last flex spot to be productive. Last few names we need to talk about: Tank Dell, six catches, fifty six yards, and a touchdown. Jaden Reed caught all five of his targets for eighty four and a nice touchdown from Jordan Love, and then Josh Jones, just two catches for 40 yards, almost hit another big play. He's been limited because of injuries, hasn't practiced a whole lot. You can tell he's just itching to get on the field uh, and and be a bigger part of that Indianapolis offense. All three of these guys, Dell, Reed, and Downs, Matt, they have bright futures in the NFL and bright futures for dynasty managers. Yeah, uh, Tank Dell, 510 receiving yards, fifth most amongst rookies this season, eight game, uh, uh, and only eight games. Also, I think he missed he missed two games, I believe, or maybe yeah, two games. Uh, that's behind only Puka Nakua, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, and Josh Downs. He has five touchdowns this season, which is behind only Addison seven. The size doesn't matter for this this guy, you guys. Uh, Downs has been impressive the last couple of weeks. He got the fourth most receiving yards, a little bit down today, but uh, New England's a little bit of a tough defense there. Uh, and then Jaden Reed, I, I mean, I, I think it was one of, in our bold prediction episodes. I said he was going to lead the lead or lead the team in receptions. I'm not sure if he's quite there yet. I have to double check that, but I think he's the most talented one. He's the only one who's getting open on a consistent basis. Uh, they're not really. I don't really know what it is that with Christian Watson, Dan. Maybe you have an opinion there, but to me, Reed is the reliable target there. And with the way Jordan. Uh, Jordan Love is playing right now. Uh, I mean, he needs every kind of consistent card he can because that downfield accuracy is, is scary bad right now, and he's making poor decisions. Whereas Reed is getting open underneath, and that seems like the safest throw. And even even he's he's even effective down in the end zone as we saw today. He yeah he was he, he was making if he starts making field plays down the field, that's when yeah. when he changes from a fringe starter in your dynasty roster to a guy you want to click on every single week. And we've seen flashes of that him getting 
getting deep and down the field. That would that would be a big thing for Jaden Reed. Josh Downs is already doing that stuff. He's the guy of these, honestly, and, and we can speak glowingly about Tank Dell as much as we want, but Josh Downs feels like the guy to buy at this point, considering uh, current cost. It's Reed that's the lowest yep. um, He among our ADP. He's at wide receiver 46. Downs, meanwhile, he, he comes in at wide receiver 28. That seems like uh, still a little bit of room to grow there. Tank Dell, all the way down there at wide receiver 41, though. You're not buying him for that, it for that price. So That's criminal. No way. I, I do think, and I meant to say this earlier when we were talking about Nico Collins, I, I think there's a little bit of a perception that um, that Stroud is making these receivers and and building them up. And, you know, that, that's probably true. Um but whether it's Stroud or the offensive coordinator there or, or whatever, it doesn't matter because Stroud's going to be there for, for a little while. And, and I think Nico yeah. Collins and uh, Tank Dell will as well. That, that coaching staff might not be, at least the OC. He could be, he could be getting some other opportunities. But um, to diminish um, Nico and, and, and Tank Dell because of, of how well Stroud is playing – is silly. I mean, we could have that same conversation about so many players around the league, so many receivers, especially that their quarterbacks are building them up. It doesn't matter. Buy them, take advantage of, of that play. Yeah. That was, that's, that's Bobby Slowick. That was the, uh, that's yeah. the OC down there at the Houston Texans. He comes off that 49ers tree as most uh, offensive minds in the league uh, are right now. Sloak looks like he's a rising uh, offensive coach for sure. I think those that group there, that's what the Packers wanted their group to be. All these young players put together, let's all mesh together and our quarterback is helped out by their youth and their exuberance. Uh, the, the receivers are doing the same thing because of uh, the youth of the quarterback as well. Sometimes that, that thought process of they're too young to know any better um, that's what these teams are shooting for. Houston's doing certainly a lot better than the Green Bay Packers are at this point. Any other uh, notes to pass along to the to the listeners, guys? Anything else we should cover before we get out of here? Start making deals, man. It's uh, yeah. it's it's crunch time. It's time to decide if you haven't decided which team you're going. If you're a middle team, start selling players or start buying players. You got to do something. You can't just sit there. Yeah, it's that time of year. Uh, feels like in my leagues over the last couple of weeks, the trading has picked up. I've been very active recently. I've probably made more trades in the last three weeks that, uh, across all my leagues than I have over any other three-week stretch. And that's... Uh, that's just being aggressive. I feel like I'm looking at teams more, um, checking out that the starting at the bottom of, of standings, looking at every roster closely, trying to get inside their heads. And it's, it's, it's worked for me recently. I mentioned the Kyler Murray trade I made in the last few days. That was a, that was a fun one to put together. Um, it, Matt makes a good point there. Right now is the time to be out there <laughs> trying to trade. And, and please, you guys, this side, this time of year is so critical. Like even if you're out of it and you don't, you feel like you checked out, you got to check your trade offers. I can't tell you how many trade offers this week across my leagues that just went unanswered for four five, six days, mm -hmm. trying to get some done this morning and just nobody's around. I get it. But like, this is such a critical time and we probably don't need to tell the people that are listening to this podcast. We probably don't need to talk to you. Right. But you know, talk to your league, tell them to stay active, at least in terms of answering trade offers. If you don't want to go out there and make trade offers, at least respond to the ones that are sent to you. And that goes to saying it's better to send the text message. It's better to go on Slack than to just send the yep. random, uh, um, just send the random trade offer on my fantasy league or Yahoo or ESPN or wherever you might be playing. Um, you, you really gotta, you gotta be, or maybe you're playing, over on League Tycoon. I didn't mention it, but this episode of the show <laughs> is brought to you by our friends over at League Tycoon. If you play in a contract dynasty league or have ever thought about joining a contract league but were worried that it would take too much work, then you got to check out League Tycoon. They have perfected a platform for fantasy football salary cap and contract leagues. They are super easy to set up and they offer a ton of configuration and management options. 
Lead Tycoon's mobile app makes managing your team so easy. In fact, their mobile app may be the best fantasy league mobile app in the industry. It's feature rich, easy to navigate, and doesn't have a lot of distracting features to take away from the pure fantasy football experience. So go to leaguetycoon.com to get more information and download the app. And if you use the promo code DLF when creating a league, your first year is absolutely free. If you're on League Tycoon, send those offers. If you're on my fantasy league or ESPN or Yahoo, wherever you might play, send those offers. Let's make some moves right now. Put yourself in position to go win a championship. And then when you do, me and Matt and Ryan will be right here with you. Uh, just going for dynasty glory. For Matt and Ryan, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.